Welcome to episode number 17 of the Peaceful Power Podcast, and today we are going to discuss post-pregnancy fitness and my personal journey along with a little setback that I've had. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. This week we are going to talk about um, post-needle fitness. So this week, um, number 17 and 18 actually got flip-flopped because the audio, um, the first time I recorded this was not so great. So I'm re-recording. So if you're like, oh, am I off a week? No, I just had to flip-flop them. So uh, I don't really have any new or noteworthy um, notes to go on this week. So I think we're just going to dive right in. So I just wanted to talk a little about uh, the postnatal world. So a lot of the times it can be a really sticky one, especially in the fitness so there's not a lot of help out there for women after we've had the baby. The first few weeks are such a blur. You don't think to ask questions about yourself, especially when you're at the hospital. Um, like, what should I do? Is there anything I should avoid? Your major concern, especially if it's your first child, is your child. So then, you know, after a few weeks, you kind of decide, oh, let's peruse Facebook and Instagram. And you see all the women who were pregnant around the same time as you and they're working out again. So you decide, well, if they're doing it, that looks like it should be a workout that's safe for me as well. So this is where the problem actually starts. So a lot of the times you don't know what their routine was um, before or what their routine was during pregnancy. And some of the women that are posting these are trainers. And so they've been working out probably for many years at a high level. So unless you know that, okay, I've been working out at a pretty intense level before pregnancy and you did while pregnant, um, then it might be okay to do some of the moves that they're doing. But if you have not worked out um, since becoming pregnant and then you just have your child, it is not smart to jump right back into it full bore. Um, you know, most people, you know, you have to wait till about six weeks to go to the doctor before they give you the okay. So then you're kind of sent on your way. Well, if you're not knowing exactly what to do, you just kind of assume, great, I'm all good. And then you're going to go back to your old routine if you had one. So that actually makes me really cringe. So the first thing I like to do with people, especially after post-pregnancy, is check for diastasis recti. Um, and this I checked for myself. P women can develop this towards the end of the third trimester, as well as early on after um, baby comes. So one way that you check it as you lay down your back and your knees are bent flat on the floor, you take your fingers, like your two-piece fingers, and you place them going um, along your abdominal wall line. So there's like right in the middle of your belly, there is um, where your abs kind of connect. So you lay down and then you put, I like to put two fingers a little bit higher. So kind of right below um, your chest area and you crunch upwards. Now, if your two fingers sink in, then you have a little bit of separation then you can kind of check, okay, do three finger sets um, go in, do four fingers, so that's kind of one way to check. Then I like to check a second spot right above the belly button, and the same thing, you check to see if two fingers sink in or more, and then I check right below the belly button. So those are the three areas that I like to check because sometimes women might have separation higher or lower or sometimes not at all. So it's actually 85% um, of women uh, suffer from a little bit of separation and especially if it's their second pregnancy. So I actually was pregnant with three clients of mine and um, two of the, well, four of us 
had it. Um, and the two clients who actually got it were the two clients who this was their second pregnancy. Now, that neither one of them had it very bad and they recovered very quickly. But what I did, you know, I know what to avoid. So a lot of times when we see that happening, you might not know what to do. And you think, oh, I got to do crunches to get that taken care of. That's actually the worst thing you can do for that is, you know, you actually that little pooch that sometimes we are like, why can't we get rid of that? Sometimes that's because we had that diastasis recti and we didn't know. And um, we came back a little bit too quick. And then that's what kind of develops that little pooch area. So that's one thing that I like to kind of, um, you know, tell women is to really let's, you know, be careful, take things slow, check it yourself. If you're not sure how to check it, ask your doctor. They do know how to. Or you can go to a physical therapist and ask them. Um, so there's a couple different ways. Or a yoga instructor or a trainer, someone who is certified and kind of knows about the postnatal world. Now, not every trainer or yoga instructor is going to know about this. So make sure you know, go to someone who actually specializes in um, postnatal or pre-postnatal fitness. Um, so the next thing that I like to do with people, so not only am I concerned about what their core is doing, but I check out the pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor is the next step for rehab. So again, I'm not jumping right back into routines. I am taking it slow, no matter if you worked out when you were pregnant and before. Um, I prefer to take things slow so we don't do any damage or do any long-term damage. So what I like to do is um, some pelvic tilts. So this is basically you're lying on the floor, your back's flat on the floor, and you lift up your back so it's kind of arching so you can slide a hand underneath it, and then you push your lower back flat on the floor. And so you keep doing those pelvic tilts. And, you know, you can do two to three sets, like about 10 reps, um, 10 to 15, depending on um, how your core is doing. And so that's one exercise that I do for that lower ab area. Another one are toe dips. So this one, you're lying flat on the back and your legs are up in a tabletop position. So your knees are bent at 90 degrees. And so if there was a table right underneath your calves, that's kind of what your calves would be doing. They're kind of up in the air. Now your lower back is pushed down into the ground. So your lower back is pushed down and then you lower your right toe so it's touching the floor and then you lift it back up to 90 degrees and then you lower your left toe and then you lift it up to 90 degrees. So you keep alternating like so, trying to keep that back flat the entire time. Uh, another exercise that you can do are heel slides. So this one you're lying on your back, that low back pushed down to the ground and those legs are up in tabletop again. You'll slide your right heel down towards the floor so you're going to go as close to the floor as you can. And then you'll slide that leg straight out and then bring it back to the 90 degrees. And then you'll alternate, go to the left side, slide that leg out, and then back to the 90 degrees. Again, that low back is on the floor. The next one are bridge holds. So this is where you're lying on your back. This time you're actually going to lift up your lower back so your um, booty's up in the air. And then your arms are down at your sides. And you just hold that for about 20 to 30 seconds and you're squeezing your glutes. So we're trying to reactivate the glutes. And your inner thighs are activated, so your knees are like you're squeezing a ball between your knees. And then the last exercise that I really like to do for the pelvic floor are squats. Now, I make sure that you're not going too low. So especially those first few squats, um, you're going to notice, wow, okay, things are a little different. So what happens is a lot of women, um, especially after giving birth, our pelvises, we tend to want to go forwards. And so our knees tend to want to go past to our toes. So I like to have a lot of clients when they first start is pretend like they're sitting on the couch. So literally have the couch behind you and you're going to roll backwards like you're sitting on the couch and then standing up. Now, you don't have to go that low if that's not what's feeling comfortable right away. Um, but that is what I usually would have people start out with. And that's kind of these are all exercises that I've done for myself as well 
coming back um, post baby. So a couple other things that I would like to um, have people avoid, or I tell my clients, and I have avoided myself, um, avoid running and jumping. So you, I've actually read something, um, and I'm, I'm just following this just because I'm like, well, I don't have any pressing issues to do either of those things. Um, but they said to avoid running and jumping until you get the okay from your doctor to work out again. So that means from the six-week mark, you're supposed to avoid running or jumping for another six months after that. You know, so we're talking seven, eight months post-pregnancy before you should be doing either of those things. Now, um, there is a kind of like if you've been running when pregnant, if you've been running before pregnancy and you're a hardcore runner, then I, I mean, listen to your body and you know your body. If you feel like, hey, that's great, I'm going to keep running, that's totally fine. But if you have not been into running, I don't think I would start up with this. I personally am avoiding it because I stopped running probably around the 18, 20 week when I was pregnant, just because it felt kind of funny and I didn't like it. Um, and so I have not ventured into running, nor will I probably until this fall, um, because there are some studies that are saying that we can have some prolapsed organs from this. Um, and so all of that can happen maybe right away or maybe, you know, 15, 20 years down the line, all of a sudden we get a prolapsed organ um, and some are linking it back to coming back too fast post-pregnancy. Now, again, this is kind of new just because when we were pregnant, um, you know, this is kind of the new thing where we're working out when we're pregnant. So studies are just coming out with people who might have worked out when they were pregnant back in their 20s. Um, and, you know, these women are now in their 50s. And so this is where that's kind of like it's a wait and see. So they're not exactly sure what could happen um, if you push yourself too fast. So I'm just erring on the side of safety and I'm just going to take it easy. And I have been rowing for my cardio. Um, I've been on the Jacob's ladder. You can go on the elliptical. I mean, there's so many other ways besides running, walking, walking up incline. Um, I, I go walking with my son all the time in the stroller. So just taking it slow. Don't feel like you need to, um, you know, run to take down your weight. Um, Cause I know a lot of people, that's the main pressure of wanting to run right away is you want to get that weight back down. And so they think running is the best way when actually, you know, lifting weights is probably one of the better ways to do it and a little bit safer. So uh, my last little tip for it is just when you're starting out again, start with a lighter version of your old workouts. So depending on how much working out you did when pregnant or before pregnancy, that's going to determine how fast you can go back to your old workouts. The main thing is listen to your body. So again, if you were working out when pregnant and you were, you know, lifting pretty heavy throughout your pregnancy, then you probably are going to be able to come back a little bit faster. You know, if you took your whole pregnancy off or you stopped working out your third trimester, you're going to take things a little bit slower when you're coming back to your workouts. Um, so really, again, listen to your body. Um, if you need, go to a professional for um, some advice or assistance. If you're not quite sure where to start, just let them know what you did prior to pregnancy and during your pregnancy, because that's going to actually make a difference into the program that they will write for you. So that's kind of my little tips for people post-pregnancy. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about my journey because I had a, <laughs> I had a very um, different experience in the term of my post-pregnancy recovery, something I was not anticipating. Um, and I am, I don't want to say disappointed, but kind, kind of disappointed. And my doctor's like, this is nothing that you could have controlled or, you know, help. This was just going to happen to you. So um, to back up, to lead into that, so my, I'll tell you a little about my birth because this actually does play into a part of my post, my recovery now. So to put a little context around it, my birth was a 22-hour labor. 
but it was really only intense labor for about seven hours. And I pushed for about two and a half hours. Um, so I did have a slight tear that needed two stitches. Uh, I did not get an epidural. Uh, I just used a laughing gas. It was kind of a little less intense formula than you'd get at the dentist. Um, so basically I tell people it kind of just took the edge off. Um, and so because of that, at one point the doctor came into me and said, um, she kind of threatened me. This was not my regular doctor. Um, but she threatened me with an epidural because I wasn't progressing or relaxing my transverse abdominis fast enough. So one of the ways I love to train are planks and the planks activate your transverse abdominis. So I've been doing planks for, I mean, literally 17 years. So my transverse was super tight and uh, my son was kind of just kind of stuck in that area pretty much is what I found out. So that led to a little bit longer of a pushing and a little bit longer of uh, labor because of that. So she had said an epidural would help me relax a little bit more. So, you know, my athlete self was like, okay, I'll figure this out. So somehow I have no idea how, but my body and my mind, we figured it out and I didn't need to get an epidural and we kept it moving. So one of the things I learned was I, you need to let go of those muscles. So a tip for anyone else who um, might have a strong core is you need to learn how to let go of those muscles. So when I, you know, I just remember growing up, I'd always be sucking in. So like at school, like I just constantly have been sucking in my stomach without realizing it. Um, well, kind of, I realized it when I was younger, but then I think it's just what my body naturally does now. So because of that, I don't know how to let go of that transverse very well. Um, that led to one of the issues. And the second issue, I actually probably didn't need to do Kegels. Now I know that's, um, you know, that's out there and I probably actually did them when I was telling my clients to do them because I'm like, oh, this is a great practice for me when I really should not have been doing it because my pelvic floor was tighter than, um, well, it was just, it's, I have a tight pelvic floor. So because of that, again, the birthing process um, took a little bit longer. So then right after birth, I noticed I was in quite a bit of pain, especially when I was sitting. Um, so along with that physical pain, I realized I was mentally, I was quite out of it for about two and a half months. I didn't even realize that. Um, I didn't realize it until I was kind of out of that fog and I kind of could reflect back at that. Um, you know, like one day I just kind of told my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like me again. I'm like, I have no idea like how I came out of that fog. I think it was from me going back to my regular yoga classes, meditating again, and then, you know, kind of starting back with a workout routine. I think that helped me feel like myself again. And then my hormones kind of all shifted around, um, because of that. And I was like, oh, I feel, I feel like Andrea. And, um, my father-in-law actually told me that too. The same day I had told my husband, we were going to their house. And I had told him this, my father-in-law said the same thing to me when he saw me that day was like, you seem like yourself again. I'm like that. I mean, yes, I said, yes, I do. I finally feel like myself clearly, you know, that fog had been lifted. So, um, that was great. So mentally I was kind of back to myself, but physically I noticed I was not quite the same. So I had been, um, basically every time I went to the bathroom, and I had a bowel movement, I was in a ton of pain. Like I would be gripping like something. I would be wanting to cry. I mean, it would wipe me out for like 10 minutes. Like I couldn't go places after this would happen. I mean, it was bad. And so, and this was, well, this is, this had been pretty much going on. It really kicked in around two months post-birth, so about eight weeks postpartum. And so I ended up having to go back to my doctor and I went in and, you know, she said, okay, well, you still might be feeling this for another, you know, four weeks. So I did, and I was still feeling just as intense. I went back into her again. Um, and so she had said, okay, this is definitely, um, 
you know, not, not normal to feel this much pain still postpartum. So, um, basically I was removed from doing, um, by her cause she actually, is, I love my doctor. She's great. She's an athlete herself loves to work out. And so we kind of talked about it and I said, do you think I should stop my lower body exercises? And, you know, we kind of talked about it. And so I'm um, supposed to supposed to be done with those for at least four and a half to five months post-pregnancy. So I still am not at that mark yet. So I'm not doing a ton with lower body yet because of it to see if this will heal. Um, and she doesn't know exactly what's, what's wrong. So that's the other hard part is like, she's like, I don't see anything. You know, obviously I know you're in pain, you know, so that's, that's the tough part is I'm still kind of dealing with this. Um, and I don't, I don't know, um, if I'll have to go back to the doctor again, I have to wait another few, few weeks, um, to see if I'm still in pain. Now my pain is still there. It is not as prevalent, but it is still, um, occurring. So that's one thing that I am, um, trying to work through and I'm hoping that, um, eventually, you know, within the next few weeks, that will be um, done. So that is kind of my major setback. And um, it's not common. You know, that is something that I just want to throw out there. But with that, you know, know your body. So for me, I should have known not to be doing so many Kegels, I should have been known to really relax and release um, my core muscles, which they actually worked on in our prenatal yoga, we went on that a lot about opening and you know, being yourself. So that's kind of the other hard part is, you know, I am now um, going to be training people different based on my experience, because I really want them to know their body and know um, if they should be doing that as well. So in terms of that, that's kind of my major thing that I have going on. Um, in terms of like my weight loss, I still have about 20 pounds to lose. Um, going into my pregnancy, it was right after, you know, my wedding, my honeymoon, um, basically. So I was up about eight to 10 pounds. So, you know, I'm about 10 pounds away from where I was when I got pregnant, but 20 to go back to my ideal weight range. Um, but I'm really taking it slow. Like I have not been overly stressing about this. Uh, I weigh myself only about once a week because I don't really want to get frustrated because I have been eating well. I have been working out. I don't want that to be my, um, you know, downfall for the day. So if I get on there, I know I'm going to be frustrated. So I'm more paying attention to, okay, how are my workouts going? You know, I can already feel my stamina going up, my strength is coming back, my flexibility is increasing, and I'm toning up, and I can feel it, and I notice I'm toning up. So that's eventually, you know, the weight will come off. You know, I'm breastfeeding right now, I'm not sleeping a ton, you know, my son is getting up at least once in the middle of the night, and so I'm hoping that once that, you know, is done, my hormones are going to kind of balance off, um, and so then I will kind of have a little healthy, a little bit more of a healthy balance there. So I'm just, you know, taking it as taking it in stride and um, not pushing anything. So I just want everyone to remember um, my main takeaways from myself as well as from um, my other clients that are recovering as well. Just remember that take it easy. Don't rush things. And most importantly, you have to listen to your body. So if you want to find out more information about kind of my current workout routine, that I have, I've actually been posting some workouts on Instagram at Sapphire underscore Andrea. And that's just to kind of help show women taking it slow. It's actually going to help your body recover for the long haul, rather than just looking for that next kind of quick fix option. So if you have any friends who are pregnant or just had a baby, feel free to share this episode with them. And don't forget to subscribe and write a review on iTunes if you feel so compelled. All right, so go out there and spread your peaceful power. 
And until next time, Andrea.